So we want to discuss now a little bit a classic and very difficult question uh, that's sometimes said, uh, phrased uh, in the form of why is there evil in the world or why is there suffering or why do people suffer or why is the world so hard and and things like that. So let's try to talk about that a little bit. So obviously there are people that fall more on the toward the sociopathic psychopathic uh, temperament of things and <laughs> they don't give a shoot about anybody else and to people like that uh, the suffering of the world is not much of a problem because they don't care uh, then th- there's people that um, have emotional disturbances and find their self esteem and freaking out over each and everything that happens in the world and th- th- that then we're not addressing either because they get something out of uh, saying, oh, these poor people, I'm going to help them, yada, yada. That's also just a, a self-esteem type of thing. But at, in between, there's reasonable people that don't overly, that, that are not uh, every second freaking out, but also that do care and that can see themselves in other people's shoes and consequently who ask sincerely, how can it be that there's that, that the world is such a rotten place, that there's so much suffering, there's so much... So, so many awful, awful things. Every every moment we're told across the whole wide world, uh, horrible statistics. And, and even one case that, that, that of anything that we can see is, uh, is can be unfathomable, never mind millions and billions, never mind over thousands and thousands of years. And just if we try to think how many things have happened over thousands and thousands of years of recorded in human history, how many countless brutal murders, how many countless uh, little children brutally destroyed, murdered, how many, uh, I mean, we don't know, we don't want to even say anything, right, we, we get the point, we don't need to spell anything out, awful, awful, awful things, and um, that's, the, so we want to talk to, to people like that, that are reasonable, that are not uh, asking that for their self-esteem needs, or, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm such an empathetic, caring person. I can't believe, yada, yada. Right? So we're not, none of that. And also not to the, to the self-obsessed uh, sociopath who couldn't give a hoot about anybody but him or herself. So let's, uh, let's, let's uh, shoot for the middle kind of uh, here of, of people that may ask such a question. So, I mean, we can kind of go, go strong right away and make a, a, a major point, which is that whatever it is that we may think about something, something can only be bad to, to somebody, to, a, to a, a, a sentient entity, if there is an objective that is not being met. All right? What does that mean? So the, the, the simple form of it is, of course, uh, we want to, um, we ask a family member, hey, go get some um, uh, pineapple juice at the grocery store. And our family member brings us back cranberry juice. So we say that's bad. Why? Because we had an objective to get pineapple juice, but we got cranberry juice. So that the word that we use there is bad. An objective wasn't met. And we see each time that we use the word bad or we mean the word bad, there is some sort of objective that is not being met. And whether it's a physical objective, our body arms us with a whole set of, uh, of physical objectives, uh, that, and consequently say there's a paper cut that's an objective to have the skin intact which is not being met and there's a reaction to that say we touch a stove the same thing 
uh, too cold, too hot, not enough food, not enough water, not enough oxygen. There's constant feedback mechanisms, but these are all in relation to objectives. And there's uh, uh, very rare medical cases that can shed light on, on this if we don't, if it's not so simple to see. For example, there's a, a medical, there's medical cases where children uh, or babies are born. They don't feel pain, so they have, the parents have to watch so that they don't chew off their tongue because uh, and otherwise hurt themselves, goodness forbid, because uh, there's no feedback mechanism. Right? So we see here that the objectives don't intrude onto sentience, and consequently, there's, it doesn't matter. Or the child has no natural kind of feedback mechanism as to what's good and bad for the body. There's an even more bizarre medical condition, which is that a person does feel pain but doesn't care. Not because he or she is exceptionally tough or well-conditioned, but just there's no emotional reaction. It's total apathy. And a person like that can put their hand on a boiling uh, stove, for example, and can feel uh, everything that, that uh, we would feel uh, without this condition would feel. And yet th- there's just no reaction. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It's like uh, a breeze right? or like uh, a mildly uh, warm or, or cold uh, thing. It just doesn't matter. So we see also here there's something going on where, where, where the, the objectives also somehow don't intrude uh, into sentience, right? Or if we, all, all that it takes is a, is a shot of anesthetic, uh, for, depending on the kind of the scale of the surgery. And also all of a sudden, uh, right, we want to uh, kind of get an operation while we're awake on, on a tooth. You, you put some uh, medication, or you inject some medication, all of a sudden it's disconnected for, from our sentience. It's like an object. It doesn't matter. So we see these are all objectives that are, are uh, uh, normatively we are poignantly aware of. Uh, and, and the same thing goes for anything else. And the fact is that no matter what it is, if we don't care, if there's no desire concerning it, we don't interpret it as bad. Right? So the fact is that every single bad thing that we can imagine that we call bad has happened over the course of history. And much of it is happening now, but most of us don't feel viscerally unless, again, certain emotional types don't feel viscerally, oh, this is bad. Why? Because there's no direct objectives that are not being served by this. We care about our money. We care about our health. We care about our family and friends. We care about uh, our place of living. These are all our objectives. And in relation to that, we say good and bad. And in relation to everything else, we don't care. So we can never say, as tough as it might be to, to kind of emotionally process, because we might want to think otherwise, but the fact is that if there's no objective that, that, we, that a person holds that is being unmet, we cannot say that the person is perceiving bad, no matter what it is. It, just like the person with the, the people with the extremely rare medical condition of apathy toward pain, we may say, no, this has to be bad. You have to be interpreting this awful, what I would take as pain to be bad. But the person doesn't because that's just how they're wired. There's no objective there. There might be a... a intellectual objective like I don't want to burn my hand but then that's a different question we're talking about the emotion Uh, so anyhow we say that that can clarify a lot of things because frequently we take our own objectives and then we uh, stick it on to kind of uh, or or we apply it to another sentient being whether it's a, a person or an animal so for example we may we can't imagine just sitting all day with having no entertainment so we go and we turn on the television for a dog or, excuse me, or for a pet, pet goldfish or pet frog or, or pet turtle, right? But the fact is that with the dog, we would have to look into uh, kind of what the, the studies, animal research studies say, but certainly with, with uh, say, a, a little kid has a pet goldfish, the goldfish has no notion of 
<laughs> a television and, and no, as far as we possibly have reason to think, has no extensive continuity and sense of past, present, and future, which would enable such an emotion as boredom. So consequently, we're anthropomorphizing the goldfish. A little kid has the objective to not be bored all day. So he or she, in the very nicely, well-raised, empathetic, they're going to think, oh, my goldfish must also, also be bored. Let me put an iPad and put on YouTube for the goldfish. But we see this is not right. It's not the case because the goldfish doesn't have this kind of objective. So very frequently when we are befuddled by the, the kind of the bad in the world, we're taking our own objectives or we're imagining how we would do in a person's shoes. And then we are kind of, it wouldn't be anthropomorphizing if it's a person, but we are applying our own standards. Right? Maybe a, a musician uh, can't imagine what it would be like to live without music. So here she looks at somebody that lives a life devoid of music and thinks this is utter suffering. This is unbearable torture. And yet, somebody without, that kind of person who lives without music may well have zero objectives to do with music. There's no care whatsoever. So it's not at all torture. And, or somebody else might be, uh, can't live without books and somebody doesn't read. So it's the same thing. Somebody else can't live without math or without working out or without and so forth and so on. So many things like this. We, we look at the lifestyles of other people and the standards of living and we think this is, this is torture, right? This little food, this little water, this little this and that. So there's certain things we would say that for every, every, by everybody is, is interpreted as not meeting objectives. Too little water, too little food. Well, we would be surprised to how people can adapt. And there's obviously been innumerable uh, for, for all intents and purposes cases of people throughout history that have voluntarily chosen to eat very, very tiny amounts, a tiny couple of breadcrumbs or whatever it may be during any given day in, for whatever reason. Uh, that have that that have deprived themselves of water and of sleep and given themselves great tortures and great pains for for their objectives. So we can't say absolutely that is a proof that something is wrong with the universe because uh, that we don't like that, right? It, it doesn't fit fit our standards, especially people that live in modern uh, uh, nations uh, that that have no issues with uh, uh, modern things, food, water, clean water. It's like I can't. I can't imagine how can it how can it be a quote unquote good universe if somebody somewhere has to walk for five miles a day to get water. But again, we're probably tacking on our own standards, our own objectives. And if we were in, the, in those shoes and that's what we grew up with and we didn't know anything different, it really may not be such a big deal to walk five miles uh, to get some water. Maybe for somebody it is, maybe, but again, depending on the objectives. But if it's not an objective that is being violated, it's not at all bad. Another thing in here is questionable whether we should even mention, but again, we remember that the, the, the point is for to improve our understanding with the greatest possible sensitivity and love and concern for all, all of us, all of us. But we do have to delve into slightly uh, kind of tricky territory sometimes to understand something, right? It's like, say somebody's trying to learn physics, they're trying to learn the law of gravity uh, and, and they, they come up with a question. Wait a second, professor of physics. Uh, but according to this law, if there's a plane flying with a uh, hundred cute little children and the wings fall off, the, the plane would fall. I can't emotionally process this. Therefore, gravity must be false or there must be an exception. So we understand that even with one exception, a person would never be able to master physics. We have to, to stomach very difficult things. If there's an asteroid coming and the, the laws of physics uh, indicate that, that, that there's no aversion, that, that there's no, you know, 
whatever in those movies, Armageddon, they, they get the asteroid away. There's no such thing. And it's coming toward us. Well, then that's, we know what's going to happen. We can't say, oh, I, now I don't believe in science. Now I don't believe in physics because this is, I can't stomach it. Well, stomach it. That's too bad. That's how it is. So it's the same thing here. We have to go on into tricky territory sometimes. Uh, but uh, that, that with, with obviously with all due sensitivity. Uh, but here we see that one of the biggest objections to kind of the goodness of reality is when uh, what we call bad things happen to, say, innocent little children. The worst of the worst, right? So here, as tough as it is to admit, it, is, it does stand to reason that it's the same thing. There are objectives that we cannot imagine being okay with, that we cannot imagine letting go of life. We cannot imagine dealing with death. And we apply it to a, a tiny little initially formed mind, which is a minimal, if any, concept of identity of past, present, and future, which has a completely different memory system, completely different thought system, completely different concepts. And consequently, we think that if so, there's, there's a little baby, life-threatening disease, goodness forbid, a trillion times, of course. But we then say, because of this, that it's a bad universe. So we see, again, we, we, it's the worst of the worst, but we cannot say that based on the, the, the experience of uh, uh, somebody. From our experience, that's how we perceive it, fine. But if we're going to think realistically, unless there is an objective that a person has that is going to be violated, then we cannot say that anything bad has happened to the person from their own perspective. If a, a small child cannot understand what is life, what is death, what am I, doesn't even have an identity yet, has no concept of uh, the future, of, of the past, of anything like that, and goodness forbid a trillion times something happens to the small child. We cannot say that the small child perceived that as bad, that meaning had an objective which that violated. And so we can't use this as an argument against the quote-unquote universe, whatever that's supposed to mean, and say that things are bad. Uh, what else is there? Further, we say, why do bad things happen to good people. So also, it depends how we define good. If we define good as somebody who's nice or who we like or who makes us feel good and we define bad as uh, something that we personally don't like, like we think it's bad for, for a house to burn down objectively, we think it's bad objectively for somebody to lose money and then this person was nice and this happened to them. So again, if we remember clearly, there have to be objectives which are not met. Somebody who's quote-unquote good, who's a sane person, only worries about their choices only worries about what they're doing because that's the only thing in our control. So a person like that is not ever going to, depending on, quote-unquote, how good they are, they're not going to worry about things that are out of their control. If a person loses money who's a sane person and worries about his or her choices, that's not an objective that has been violated, right? And if it is, that means the person is not sane. That means a person is, is uh, considering things to be in his or her control, which are not. So we say it's a logical contradiction to suppose that bad things can happen to good people. They can't, because in as much as a bad thing has happened to a person, meaning in as much as a person has perceived something to be bad, as contrary to their objectives, they are not the, the quote-unquote a good person. Just obviously we would have to clarify all this terminology. It's just sloppy, ambiguous terminology here, but just to summarize, because there's a lot of points here that, that we're going to get through, hopefully. Um, so that, that's another thing there. Uh, as it concerns, we mentioned as it concerns animals. We also think, how can it be? There's so much suffering. So a, a huge part of suffering is the expectation of future suffering and is the recall of past suffering. 
If we try to imagine what experience would be like with no recallability and no memory, we can't even imagine it. We can't even uh, say that there's much of any experience at all except momentary flashes and reactions to immediate stimuli. So consequently, we think there's a, this nature and there's so much suffering every second. The gazelle's getting its throat ripped out. The, the, you know, the, the spiders are eating the flies. We would say perhaps not. Perhaps there's a very, very limited amount of suffering that uh, can be had in the natural order, at least without people's interference. There's obviously certain things we can do to prolong the suffering, get forbid, but uh, naturally speaking, it's a brief flash. It, without the memory, without the recall, memory of the future, expectation of the future. Without the recall, we can't imagine that, that what, is, what is there, right? what is there in the first place. Excuse me, it's a, it's a real philosophical riddle uh, altogether. So we can't just say, oh, there's so much suffering, so it's a bad wor- uh, world with the animals. So uh, what else is there? The, the, probably the worst kind of suffering and anguish is um, arguably, we would say, beyond there's obviously awful, awful physical anguish but it, it, again that that is what it is absolutely and uh, there's it is what it is but that the uh, further there's there's uh, mental anguish there's emotional anguish and suffering so here if we have to again stay consistent if a person is suffering it means they have objectives which are not met so the objectives that pertain to a human being to our species concern the choices that we make if a person makes all of the correct choices and they become everything that they can be, we cannot say that, that it's conceivable that a person will remain in a state where they, where they are continually suffering and in anguish emotionally and mentally. All right? So if a person, and again, we have to avoid this applying of our own standards. We see, uh, we can find interviews with people that are completely off their rocker to the extent where there's nothing conceivable that can be done to straighten out their mind. So if it's true that there's nothing that can be done, well, then that's how they are. It's, it's a different existence for them, and we evaluate them in light of their potential. There's people that are severely, severely mentally disabled. So if we think, oh, this is automatically suffering because I wouldn't want to be like that, we're, well, we have to keep stick to the, st- the clear thinking and say, that the person is what they are. That's that's how they are. They have their own standard. So in as much as they do what they can, who, being who they are, and they make the right choices, they're going to not only suffer commensurate with the, uh, uh, what's appropriate for them, with the, uh, with their poor choices, right? Not what we imagine. Oh, I wouldn't, I can't imagine being like that, yada, yada, right? So those, those people, those of us that, uh, and those individuals that are not uh, mentally uh, disabled and have the full range, excuse me, of uh, mental uh, capacities. Uh, it's unfortunately to say, but it is our responsibility that we suffer. It is because we made the wrong choices, and it's true. Sometimes a person makes a choice at one point in their life, and they have to suffer for many years after, perhaps their whole life. That's how it goes. It's called justice. It's not called that the world is bad. It's called the necessary consequence of reality. That's how it goes. We make a poor choice, and uh, depending on the choice, depending on the circumstances, we can degrade ourselves so much that we're always going to suffer, or we can put ourselves in a certain circumstance where we're always going to suffer. And if a person, again, did everything that he or she could from the moment of self-awareness and sentience, as best as he or she possibly could, if if he or she made all of the right choices, 
We cannot say that the person will suffer. What is that supposed to mean, right? Because remember, there has to be an objective. So what objective would not be met? A person like that would be sane and would understand it has to do with my choices and I made all the right choices. I did the best I could. So what's there to suffer? What are their objectives? Right? And as much as a person doesn't think like that and thinks, but wait, I'm not beautiful enough. My parents aren't wealthy enough. I don't, I'm not treated well enough by such and such and this and that. That means that a person has not made the right choices. They haven't become sane. They haven't uh, uh, kind of gained a, a grasp on reality thanks to, 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 to their prior choices. So we see, again, uh, on the initial, uh, in the initial phases uh, of, uh, of self-awareness, there's a very limited scope. Nobody's saying, you know, for a person to all of a sudden uh, go and uh, become the greatest person on earth. No, but there's a limited scope of choices. And if we mess that up, then... We, we have to either, you know, we have to make uh, amends later or we, we, we suffer the damage. If we make the right choices, we move on and we move on and we move on. For example, obvious example is a, a little kid at a certain point understands there's such a thing as grades in school and somebody says at some point you have to get good grades. Uh, so consequently, there's a tiny little sliver of, of kind of awareness of what I have to do. Do I do my homework? Do I play the video game? Right? So again, there's different temperaments. People struggle with that uh, impulse control 100%. But there's some, some little point of choice at some point where we can go backward or forward. And one kid says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a little bit harder. I'm going to focus a little bit more. And the other kid doesn't. And then we start our journey. And then uh, it's strictly with the grades. If we're going to, that's a very delineated kind of clear system. Uh, then we, we get the, the grades that, that we get and that uh, dictates or, or tremendously uh, kind of informs, at least in theory, uh, or as it has always been, there's always educational reform, new things we, we haven't checked up, but as it's traditionally been, it informs the uh, possibilities of where uh, a kid will go to school or, or, or what kind of, uh, uh, what, what could be the next step, right? what kind of Votech training and, and things like that, vocational training. And consequently, that we see that there's a journey of uh, of, of grades, and uh, they 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 uh, you know they uh, kind of uh, push a person in one way in one direction or another. So it's the same thing with everything else, with behavior, with emotional responses, with socialization, with everything. We make tiny little choices, and we suffer exactly as much as we screw the choices up as we do the wrong thing. So consequently. Uh, that those of us that suffer, that, that are not there, again, uh, we're not born with, already with tremendous deficits, in which case we have a different standard in relation to which it's, it's fair to compare us. We are suffering because of what we did or we didn't do at, our, at the, the given point uh, of choices. And it may be, right? Absolutely. That's, this, the, the, that's why it's, it's a crime to, to be a bad parent. It's a crime to, to have an awful school system because uh, not everybody can be expected to have the the inner kind of impetus to uh, get themselves out of the muck for sure but at the same time we would say there's a ti- there's always a tiny little push there's always a tiny little bit that we can do a tiny little bit we can choose okay i'm not going to cheat and that could give us merit uh, or on a test that can give us merit to the next time do a little bit better now we're a little bit more open and we uh, are a little bit more receptive say to to the teacher and then we uh, are a little bit more likely to, to, to learn something. It's a, a little bit here and there. And the idea is, if there's nothing we could have done, well, then we're not suffering for that. It's only for what we could have done. 
So we say uh, that that's a further exculpation of reality. That, it, it, and this is something that we hate to admit because it's a, it, it's a blow to our self-esteem. It's a part of very many people's self-esteem that they suffer needlessly or they suffer because it's not their fault because of somebody else. There's people that are 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 100 maybe 120 optimistically, but certainly late 90s, however long people live. And they're still, they still can talk to us for hours about how their parents screwed up their life, how their long dead mother or father uh, did something to them and it's that, their fault and it's uh, the, because the school system let them down and this let them down and this and that. And, right? so, so we say that this is a huge part of a person's identity. A person doesn't dream of saying it's my responsibility. It's my fault. Whatever happened, happened. It, it was up to me to get myself uh, out of it and improve the best I can and still up to me and as much as I'm living a person would be offended by that they don't want to hear that nonsense hey what do you mean it's not my fault at all it's it's, it's his fault it's her fault so we say that you know we let people have what their uh, uh, their drugs if that's the you know if we can't help them out let's not take anything from them if we're not willing to give them something in return but at the same time we're not about to uh, condemn all of reality and all of existence because there's such people that find it according to their self-esteem needs in order to blame others and say that it's others' fault. Right? So we see that reality is, is blameless once again. So anyhow, uh, this is a kind of a brief outline of, uh, of this topic. And um, uh, there's obviously many angles and there's many types of suffering and there's many types of anguish. But the, the, first of all, the logic always holds there has to be an objective which is not being served. No matter what. If a person doesn't care that an asteroid is coming tomorrow to Earth, well, then the person will not interpret the asteroid as bad. It's impossible. How, according to what? Again, logically speaking, there's no opportunity to do that. The person will certainly not interpret the asteroid coming as bad. On the contrary, if a person has an objective to not get a paper cut and he or she gets a paper cut, may we be spared, even that's not pleasant, we don't want that, of course, then it'll be perceived as bad. Oh no, I can't believe I got a paper cut. So then we have to figure out how things work from there. Excuse me. And um, as it concerns objectives, as it concerns desires, as it concerns the things we say to ourselves, as it concerns uh, all kinds of things, but as long as we get our self-esteem out of it, and we really want the truth. We want to figure out, really, how does reality work? Why do people suffer? And not what we want to, to say for our uh, psychological needs, then we can hopefully hope to gain at least a little clarity. So we can think about it. Thank you for listening.